All right, good peoples. What is going on today? Welcome to the Folded Chair Podcast. I'm your host, Osiris Bali, and the Folded Chair Podcast is powered by the Arkansas Public Policy Panel. The name the Folded Chair comes from the quote from our, one of our great leaders, Shirley Chisholm. If they don't give you a seat at the table, bring a folding chair. So today with us at the at the table with us, we have Miss Alice Taylor. And I'll tell you a little bit about Miss Alice Taylor real quick. Uh, met her some years ago, and I'm so excited that she is here with us today to talk about some uh, very interesting things that's going on in her life and uh, just some of her views and just um, viewpoints and opinions on, on life and what she's doing now. So uh, Alice Taylor, she's from a small knit community of Hickory Plains, Arkansas in her hometown, but now resides in Maumelle. Uh She graduated and attended uh, Bisco High School during the challenging years of segregation. Today, Alice Taylor is the co-founder of Zero to Ten Publishing Company, along with her husband, Johnny L. Taylor, who's also an author. Together, they have uh, accomplished many things, but one of their biggest accomplishments is their two beautiful daughters, Dr. Amber Smith and Zena Taylor. Uh, Ms. Taylor received her degree from St. Vincent School of Nursing after majoring in pre-nursing at the historically black college for Landis Smith College. And shortly after that, she her accomplishments were that she was the first African-American female nurse to join the Arkansas National Guard and later became the first to serve in Oklahoma City National Guard. So the first African-American registered uh, nurse with the Arkansas National Guard and the Oklahoma National Guard, where she spent over 34 years of service, uh, climbing the ladder and retiring at Lieutenant Colonel. Uh, although Alice Taylor's resume speaks for herself, she's also an accomplished title of the sales director for Mary Kay Cosmetics illustrating her gift for connecting with people while inspiring them to accomplish their own dreams. In her free time, she enjoys uh, activities such as cooking, fishing, reading, writing, listening, and mentoring the youth at her church, Mosaic Central Church of Arkansas, and also gardening. So we want to welcome Miss Alice Taylor to the podcast today. This is her first time uh, doing the interview with me. So how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Ready to learn more about you and, and what you have going on right now. I forgot to mention in your uh, in the introduction that you also the the book that, uh, that you have just released here recently uh, is titled uh, "A Plea to Our Sons from a Mother Who Cares: Encouraging Words for Young Black Men." And so we'll we'll dig into that a little bit later in this conversation. But right now, I like to start off every interview with what I call the pick six. You know what I'm saying? It's a term in football, but I I flipped it into something we do in the interview. I'm going to ask you six random questions. You can give me some quick answers, whatever pops in your head first. And uh, we're just going to have a little bit, little bit of fun and just get to know you a little bit better. Is that cool? That's good. All right. So let's start off. Question number one, pick six. Do you have a secret talent? And if you do, what is it? Secret talent? Yes. Oh, and what I do it, do it well. Oh, I would say mostly mingling with people. I love being with people. Gotcha. Gotcha. You're, so you're a social butterfly, huh? <laughs> I, well, 
I guess maybe you can call it that. I didn't know what it was, but I just know I, I love people. I love interacting with them and uh, just being around them and receiving information from them, sharing information, and uh, most of all, just, just loving them for who they are. All right. So you sound like a social butterfly, but also somebody that may be good at networking. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a labor you as that is that good that good person right there, a good relationship builder. I, I that's what I call it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Question number two, the pick six. If you ate dessert for dinner tonight, what would it be if it was your choice? Uh probably would be strawberry cake. Strawberry. Homemade with good buttercream icing. All right. Got me thinking now. All right. Uh, question number three to pick six. Tell me something that your hometown or where you grew up is infamous for. Uh, where I grew up. Where I grew up, we had birthday parties. And when I married my husband, he had never had a birthday party. We always, those were special days to us. Mm -hmm. Get together, even my grandmother, every her birthday was on December 10th. And on her birthday, she actually would prepare a dinner for all her children and invite them home for her birthday. And it's just a celebration for the time that that we have and to this day i know how to celebrate my birthday got you it's always good to celebrate another year another solo return mm -hmm. Big parties yes it is good memories all right question number four to pick six you know we're getting ready for the tokyo olympics this year so just use your imagination a little bit if you were an olympic athlete what event would you be competing in if I was one, oh, yes. <laughs> probably the running race, the sprint running race. All right, you're a track star, okay. Got you. All right, question number five, pick six. Tell me uh, what's your favorite season of the year? Winter. Okay. I would have never guessed that. That's my favorite season, too. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I love cold weather. Me, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Pick six, the final question. Um, tell me, what is your favorite movie? Favorite movie is... Let me see. Titanic. 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 All right, that long movie right there. Okay. Yes, that long movie. I have never seen Titanic. Love the music, love the plot, love the style, love the writer. It's it. You need to watch it. All right, I have never seen that movie. I heard a lot about it in its entirety. You need to watch it in its in its entirety, not just watch part of it and stop. But sit down and just get you a cup of tea or coffee or whatever you 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 drink your beverages and enjoy that movie. It's it's really good. 
Well, I have a friend that's watched it, I mean, so many, 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 many times. That's part of the reason why I never watch it, because I don't want to watch it and not finish it. So one day when I get some time, I got about three, four hours on my just free time. I'm going to watch that uh, Titanic and I'm uh, I'm going to run it back and I'm going to tell you my uh, give you my review of the movie. Well, you want to take a lesson from a mother, a mama Alice. You mm -hmm. have to make that time. You have to make that time because it will not come to you when you're busy. You have to just stop and do it. You have to say, okay, Friday night at eight o'clock, I'm going to sit down and that's it. Turn the phone off and watch the movie. When I do that, hopefully I won't fall asleep. And don't do it in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Those were some great questions. I mean, great answers on our pick six. And we just going to get into this interview now. I'm so excited to have you here. So Miss Alice Taylor, please, uh, Tell me, just give me some background on who you are. I know I told the listeners, uh, read a little bit of your bio, but just give me a little background about who you are and what, what inspires you and, and uh, what we're going to be talking about. Okay. Well, uh, I'm Alice uh, Faye Taylor, and I love my middle name, Faye, and I usually use that a lot. I was born and raised in Hickory Plains, Arkansas, uh, born to a mother who was 16 years old when I was born. She had uh, five children during the time from, as she lived from 16. She lived from 16 to 24. She died in 24 um, and left us here uh, four children. One child had passed and my grandparents raised us. I'm the oldest of four that was raised together in Hickory Plain. And uh, my baby sister at that time was five when she died. And I was about, uh, she, my baby sister was about one or two, and I was about five. So um, it, my grandparents raised us. We came from, my grandfather lived, we lived on a farm. I guess you would call it sharecropping. I don't know if it was sharecropping or what at that time, but he would go and work from sunup to sundown. Uh, we lived in uh, Mr. Bell's house on a farm, and my grandparents, my grandmother worked for Mrs. Bell. And we raised fruits and vegetables, raised our own garden, had a hog, had cows, and uh, we had chickens, raised our eggs, and we did all the things that that really was really nurturing at that time. A lot of people don't really realize that, but that's how I was brought up. And it was really good at that time. Uh, when I became 14 years old, I decided at that time to be a nurse. My grandmother got real sick and I helped her recover. And I felt like I wanted to be a helper in helping people get their help back. So that's when I made a decision, sitting on the couch. I was 14 years old, looking at the news at six o'clock in the evening. Uh, Philander Smith College had a graduation and the nursing students walked across the stage and I said, oh, granted, I think that's where I want to go to school. That's what I want to do, be a nurse. And that's what I did. And lo and behold, I went to that college for finished high school and went there and uh, majored in pre-nursing. And after I finished the pre-nursing uh, section, I went, took a few courses at ULR and uh, finished uh, and got my uh, nursing uh, diploma, graduated. Worked, I primarily worked in ICU intensive care over the period of uh, 28, 30 years in uh, critical care, emergency room nursing in 
the VA hospital. And then I left here and moved to Oklahoma City, worked there in the emergency room for about eight or nine years. Moved back here and I uh, came back to Little Rock, worked in the emergency room and rehab medicine at Baptist. And joined the Guard in 1971, as, as he has already told you about the, being the first African nurse. And we, uh, I worked there and finished up my training and retirement. All the services that I uh, contributed to the society in this world has been beautiful. And I really, really admire the men and women in the military. They do a great sacrifice. Many people say they make a lot of money, they get a lot of benefits, but they give up a lot. It's a, it's a lot to endure the training and all the things that you actually go to to really serve. So I really uh, admire the military uh, people. Uh, on moving on up forward, I uh, came to Little Rock and uh, I had went through one marriage and, and uh, that didn't work. However, came to Little Rock and married Johnny Taylor. He brought me back to Little Rock and we get married and we uh, been married now for 33 years and it's been a beautiful relationship. Have one daughter and uh, uh, and uh, Lisa, he had a previous daughter and uh, everything has been really beautiful in that relationship. Uh, one thing I really uh, admire in the uh, men that are uh, the African men that I have been raised by and raised with is that I see so much in them that has been uh, really uh, taken away or been trying to be taken away from them throughout their life. So I'm a lover, not only of people, but I'm a lover of that African man. Uh, so, and now that now that I retired, I decided that uh, after a while, I said, well, I guess I'll just do some little writing. And that's what now I'm doing and decided to go ahead and write some of the things that I have experienced. So that's about it on me. I, uh, and I love to travel, cook, work in the gardens, and I love flowers. I got you, I got you. And so uh, just, just reading through your book, um, a plea to our sons from a mother who cares, encouraging words for young black men. I found that I, I knew some of the some of the uh, some of the men that you have uh, featured in this book, but overall, you know, what I'm saying I uh, I really just love the the encouraging messages and the inspiration that you uh, that you try to uh, plant the seeds in in our young black boys because it's it's very needed and you know what I'm saying I I believe in you know uh, our village is uh, raising the children that are in our community. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's so important that we have people who are in the home, but also people in the community that are not in the home, actively parenting uh, our, our young uh, black children. And so um, tell me what inspired you to write this book? Well, grow, you know, growing up, I saw a lot and I, I experienced uh, quite a bit growing up through the 60s. And I saw how we as black people were treated, not knowing as a child uh, how that is, because you don't really, your mind has not been matured enough to really see that. But I experienced something in, uh, I guess, 1967 by 68. Uh, 
that I hadn't experienced before. And I was, uh, we was going from uh, my husband, first husband, we was going to Desark, Arkansas. And we went to, we were going to Desark. And you had, I had been seeing things on TV and listening to that stuff, but it hadn't happened. And I went in and we stopped at a service station and I went, I wanted to go to the bathroom. And the man said, no, you can't use the bathroom here because we don't serve niggas. And I got back in the car and left. And that showed me then that uh, something, a whole lot is really wrong with our system, our society, and the world that we live in. So I went on and dealt with that. And growing up, I, I saw how my brother and other young men in the area was treated in comparison to men of other race. So I just, and I, and I said, something has to be done. And I want men to know that we love them as a mother, no matter what, no matter what they go through, no matter how bad they feel. I want them to know that Mama Alice believes in them. I want to, them to be encouraged, not give up, because we are very, very skillful people. We're intelligent people. We have done stuff to this world, for this world, from the beginning, because many of the things that was formed was formed by us. Much has been stolen from us. They're still stealing from us, and they're trying to send us back. So I wanted to just put something out to say, if one little boy come up and read this book and say, oh, boy, these guys did this. I can do this too. This lady believes that we can do this. I can do this. So that's why I was just motivated to, to do it. And I really hadn't started to write a book. It wasn't about writing a book. First, it started out with a prayer. Uh, my husband and my daughter, we lived at, on Battery in Little Rock in a city. And uh, we that was during the gang banging time in the late 80s, 89, 90, 91. And gang banging was so bad. So we started a, a little group and we had all the kids to come to our house. And I was teaching them about love and unity and sharing and giving. So we taught them that. And that's, I was thinking about that. So I wrote a prayer. I wrote a prayer at that time for men to rise up and to be role models for our younger men. And out of that prayer came this book. In 19, I guess it was 1999, was 99? No, it was 2001, 2006, somewhere 2001, I guess. A friend of mine came to my house and, and uh, my girlfriend and her husband, and I showed him my prayer because he was a, a minister. And I showed him my prayer and I read it. And he said, Alice, you need to get this out. You need to write a book. I said, I never thought about writing a book. I just thought about just praying and just, you know, sharing it. And uh, he said, you need to write a book. So that's when I started really trying to get my thoughts together as to what I could say. And it took me 11 years to do that. So um, from the time I started and start working on it, writing on it to really 2009 or 2011, somewhere around there. And it took me 11 years. So that's, it was just my, the reason I wrote the book is mostly to encourage 
reinforce the idea that they are created for a reason. Every person is created for a reason, but much has been taken from them to make them feel less than they really are. Oh, that's just that's just great, you know. Saying to hear that the inspiration, I really didn't expect that. You know, when you talked about, you know, uh, the period in Little Rock where everybody kind of remembers, it, you know, the gang violence and, you know, um, just there were a lot of different people th throwing out different solutions in uh, in Little Rock at that time. Mm -hmm. Try to like uh, decrease the gang violence and mm -hmm. something productive for young black men to do on the streets. And we saw a lot of programs pop up out of that, uh, you know, in the city, you know, saying to try to get you know, uh, young black men jobs and, you know, uh, programs to give them somewhere safe to kind of hang out and, you know, uh, socialize. And so I didn't really expect that answer, but but then it makes perfect sense when you talk about, um, you know, uh, the process of you writing the book taking 11 years, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, and, and, it, and being inspired you know what I'm saying, by, by a prayer that you initially wrote, and then the, that prayer manifested into an actual book. So that's just, uh, that's very interesting to hear from you. Uh, and even just reading the book, I, I noticed some, uh, some, some people that I even met, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Curtis Hall, the uh, owner of K Hall and Sons, um, mentioned Epiphany, hip-hop artist and nonprofit director. Uh, I saw Jonathan Bobo with the Donaldson Academy, Donaldson Academy and uh, Charles Donaldson himself. And so uh, those are just a few of the names that are in the book that's featured. But what inspired you to pick those, uh, those men to feature in your book? Well, you know, that came with... Uh prayer and meditation also because i really uh i really wanted to to ask the men i knew i could anyone i asked i really felt they would be very honored to do it however i wanted the men to the men that i knew personally and had actually worked with and actually seen and actually observed and and, and, and know their personality and what they were doing to actually benefit or encourage or to serve as a role model. Dr. Charles Donaldson, uh, uh, thinking back, he and I met in college. He and I was in the same class at Philanderville College. And I had no idea when we was going to school that he would someday be a professor over my daughter out at UALR. So it's just the people that I, 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 I listed, I really had to pray and think that who I really wanted. And I wanted a certain number. I wanted a different category. You know, they didn't have to all do the same thing. They didn't have to all be in education. Uh, I wanted a variety I could, because I wanted people to be able to see that there is potentiality, there is wisdom, there is intelligence through these men that will be shown through what they have done and that will enable some young man or some young woman for the matter 
could be encouraged enough to say, oh, yes, I, I think I'll, I'll do that because I had in my heart to be a professor. I had in my heart to do some rap. So it was just, I, I just felt like they was men of integrity. And I feel like they'll be doing more. And I'm sure thinking in the future that we'll be even working together. I'm thinking now a lot of things is popping in my mind uh, as the days go by for the future years to come. And you mentioned that you met Dr. Donaldson at um, <clears throat> at Philander Smith College, which, you know, like I say, is HBCU here in Little Rock. Uh, and I just, this just come to mind, like how, how important was it for you to get that experience of attending a historically black college and building those connections and uh, building those relationships with, with people when you graduated from Philander? Well, it was just very, it was so, it was so magnetic and energizing, energizing for me because me being coming from a country, Hickory Plains to the city and uh, getting connected to people in the education system and learning to advance my knowledge and to do what I needed to do. And I was connected to a body of people that really supported me and allowed me to grow and to learn what I needed to do to prepare myself for a future. And I wanted to be um, in a place where I felt like I could achieve and I felt like not only achieving, but I could meet other people that I could connect to for the future years to come, not even knowing this stuff was gonna happen with Dr. Donaldson. So it's always good to a lot of times we have a plan in life to do something for a certain reason. I was going just for my education, maybe to get an education, to be a nurse. I want to be a nurse and that was my study. But I met a lot of friends there, a lot of people that I'm still connected to. Yeah, and that's great because, you know, when I talk to the youth a lot of times and I'm not, um, <clears throat> I don't hold my tongue about it. Uh, I generally just tell them when I'm <clears throat> writing these um, when I'm writing these re referrals for different programs for like getting your master's or when I'm you know just giving uh, giving giving good uh, you know letters of character you know what I'm saying to different young people you know what I'm saying that are trying to like accomplish this goal of getting into college or getting into this program or getting this scholarship. I always kind of let them know that like, you know, to have value in that experience if they have an opportunity to go to an HBCU because it's just so important to uh, feel comfortable once you get to that institution of higher learning and, you know what I'm saying, and finding that, that family on campus that you can have. That's right. That's because right. you, know, you at the age of you know 17 18 19 20 especially when you're leaving home you know what I'm saying you need that family environment to help uh support you like your support system is in the home you know what I'm saying and yes yes it's always a blessing when you can just meet uh people and 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 just naturally and organically uh you know what I'm saying just you know it's like a magnetic connection when you meet them and y'all 
y'all, you know, you you know you're in each other's lives for a reason. So I just uh, I really love the fact that you mentioned how those uh, relationships started in college and then how they've been maintained uh, throughout the years and you know trickle down to your daughter even. So, but uh, I wanted to talk to you about one part of the book that I just really you know really just spoke to me and uh, just just hear your thoughts on it. Um, the the title of this one is, is called Preparation Through Knowledge and Experience. And uh, it's something that I honestly do talk to a lot of the youth about and when I'm mentoring in the community, uh, just not just letting them know that they can't take their experiences for granted. And your experiences in life are actually education too as well. You might you may not get a diploma for that experience that you go through in life, but it's 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 it sets you up to kind of um, to be uh, uh, a knowledgeable person on on the topics that you've uh, on the topics and the experiences that you've experienced that you uh, actually been through in life, and so like you know, but you can't forget what you're going through because when you when you remember what you're going through, it's an easier path to get where you want to be. And so just uh, retaining that knowledge, I, I, I kind of wanted you to just speak on that part of the book when you talked about pre preparation through knowledge and experience. Well, the, the greatest thing that I feel in really uh, knowing and understanding yourself is when you experience something. If you experience something, you have a a a stepping stone, like a step ladder, to step up or move forward from that place. And to like like me having the experience of the young the man that said, I can't use a bathroom. So that triggered my thought pattern or maybe my heart even more as to what's wrong. Something is wrong. So if something is wrong when you experience things, you, if you're really interested and you keep that within your mind and your heart, you later on in life may meet up with something or challenge or something that will make you go further in that or encourage you, uh, inspire you to go further. So with preparation, you prepare yourself prepare yourself to do something even though it may not pan out to be like you thought it was or it may not end up at the timeline that you had it on you have to plan for the future plan for tomorrow plan for what you will be doing next year or next week you know where i want to go in life set some goals May, and when once you set your goals, you work toward those goals. So as always, you always need to plan, prepare to um, to increase knowledge. And knowledge comes from many, many different ways: reading, writing, singing, dancing, and just listening, and attending different events, and meeting different people, going different places, doing different things, and it's just, our mind is just like a bank. We have a bank of memories there. And I, I, that bank can be open at any time. 
is not like the bank you go down tomorrow mail our best bank is open from nine to five close on saturdays it's not that way you have a memory bank and long god long as god maintain your brain function your motor skills uh the neurons in your brain to function you can open that bank and pull back those memories and those experiences to prepare you for a better life definitely agree with you i definitely agree with you and you know even um i think about me personally you know saying a lot of people that i know you know the trials and tribulations that you go through the things the mistakes that you make those are uh those are uh, a lesson as well and you learn from those mistakes that you make but uh you know what I'm saying that's that mental fortitude that you know what I'm saying that you have to you know what I'm saying um have to build up you know what I'm saying to know that you still have a purpose even though when you make those mistakes you can't let uh, the challenges in your life edit your prophecy and so you have to continue to uh push forward and that's something that a lot of young men have to uh honestly have to get to that point where they understand that those mistakes don't don't make you you know what I'm saying you actually have so much more that you can accomplish in life if you just focus on your get get refocused on your purpose and and continue to strive to uh to create that change in yourself that you want to see um it's just you know it's it's just something that we we definitely need to uh embed in our young black men that that we uh have in our communities man to to keep pushing um yeah i want to ask you let me let me uh interject here said about uh the challenges and the mistakes what i what i feel within my heart and i feel this is is real key to these mistakes and these these challenges that 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 men make i call these stepping stones to greatness it's it's just like you move up a ladder and and these stones is is going to be laid for you to walk up or to move forward and i call them stepping stones to greatness got you got you and you know um so far you know saying uh when you released this book um you you also mentioned the fact that you started your own publishing company yes we ha we have a publishing company my husband and i zero to ten uh publishing company uh and we started that in in order to we will just publish our own books uh initially we started out thinking we would we would really uh publish for others and what we chose to do we made a decision since my husband was busy he worked at the uh post office as a letter carrier and i was a registered nurse so we were really busy doing that so we didn't really focus on publishing books for others so we just decided to do for our own we did our own so my husband has three books published i helped him and i said well i guess it's about time for me to finish mine huh and he said yes so he encouraged me to go ahead and get that done so that's what we've been doing and probably i'll be continuing i have a few more things under my belt to get out but i just haven't done those and like i told you it just takes time to sit down and to do these things when when they need to be done got you 
And so, like, you know, that's that's also, like, when you, when you mentioned uh, starting the publishing company so y'all could put out the, uh, put out your literature, um, that's also something that I, I really, you know, try to push the idea of entrepreneurship to the young black man. You know, I think a lot of times uh, we kind of, sometimes we box our children in by, you know, saying, trying to push on them that, go get a job, go be an employee. Right. When we, right. When we have so many different ways and avenues and there's so many way, streams of different income nowadays that, you know, basically when they hit that age, at a very young age, once they start learning how to use uh, computers and technology and the internet, they can basically start, you know what I'm saying, uh, working towards their dreams at a very young age. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And, uh, they, uh... The opportunities are much greater now than they were when we were growing up. So the opportunities are right in the door for people to just do what they want to do now. It really is. Because my husband, he was very inspired at age 19, I think, to just he wanted to be a, a landlord. He wanted to own property. And that's what he did. He just developed that himself within himself. That's what he wanted to do. So uh, I, not only I had to run, help with the zero to 10 publishing company, but we has a zero 10 properties LLC where we worked at and we're now trying to downsize on that since now we're getting at an age of retirement and we want to travel and do more things versus that right now. But you always have to just plan, have a purpose. You, you here for a purpose, have a plan, prepare, work your goals, plan, work, and keep working until it's done. Most definitely. And uh, just uh, just following up, because you mentioned, you know, uh, that you had a dream when you were a child to be a nurse. And, you know, saying you were able to be a nurse for many, many years, many, many years. But it started as, uh, as a childhood dream because uh, of the circumstances around you inspired you, you know what I'm saying, to work in that field. But uh, what, what's, what is your message to, to young black boys who, you know what I'm saying, who, who have that dream early on, but you know, sometimes, and a lot of adults are guilty of this, we tell our children, you can be whatever you wanna be, you can do whatever you wanna do, all you gotta do is work hard, get an education, be focused and, you know what I'm saying, keep pursuing. But by the time we get to that age when we're adults, you know what I'm saying, we, all of this experience that we have in life, sometimes uh, we start setting, uh, putting a cap on what we think you, what is possible. When, it was, when you were a kid, it was all, you can, you can do the impossible. But by the time we become adults, a lot of times it becomes, let's be more realistic, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you, you might not be able to be the first person to do this or do that. You, you might have to go try this route or, you know, you might have to lower your expectations. Uh, but I think we should carry on that, that spirit of like, you know, thinking radically uh, well into our adult years, you know what I'm saying? And so what's your message to, to young, young black men and, you know, um, even adults as far as like pursuing your dreams and not letting go of those dreams? Well, my, my idea on that is to, follow your dream uh if you have a dream 
Your dream can be completed if you don't give up. And oftentimes people get in a situation, like you say, young men get an age and they get 19, 20, I don't know what age when they get, they get out here, have peer pressure and they doing this and that. And I think peer pressure has a lot to do with it. And now the system itself has so much to do with it because the news, what they hear, what they see, friends uh, being destroyed, friends being killed. You know, it's a whole lot mm -hmm. that really affects a person in in a situation as far as they uh, are going in development. So you have to really have a mindset and be strong enough to really, really know, really, really know, and really, really believe that it can be done no matter what, whatever the circumstances are, whatever the situation is, no matter what happens over here, what I see here, what people tell me, I have to follow what my dream is. And this was um, one thing that I experienced with my daughter when she got ready to go to college. Many people said, oh, Amber, you can be a lawyer. You can be the best lawyer because she's very gifted and she's very skilled. She thinks she, her brain just goes all the time. And, and one day she was getting ready to really uh, make a decision about she had taken some courses. She really wanted to take some courses. And I was in the kitchen. I never will forget this thing. And I said, Amber, I said, you have always been interested in helping young people. You've always been interested in arts, in school, theater, drama, just the support the love that you have that has been your dream that has been your you, you've done it all your life at three years old five years old six years old she was performing seven eight years old she was planning parties and planning demonstrations and parties for me for my birthday so i told her i says you follow your compassion your passion that god has given you because god has given you a gift so you don't go into a program or get a degree is something just because people say you can get a good job. You can get a good job. A lot of people say, well, you go to nurses, you can get a, always get a good job. You can always be a teacher, you can get a good job. You might get a good job, but are you pleased? Are you fulfilled? Is this your desires? Is this your passion? Will you be able to fully give what you don't have give? Don't don't have to give? I truly believe if you don't have it, you can't give it. So what I would encourage, what I encourage my black men to do is what is it that you see that you love to do? What is it that makes you feel good? What is it that you have always had a desire in your heart to do? No matter what the situation is that's going on around you, that's what you stick with and that's what you do. And don't give up. Powerful lesson, powerful message right there. Uh, so we get into the tail end of this interview, and I just want to, uh, you know, this part of the interview, I always call it turn off the microwave. And you just gave some real powerful words to inspire uh, the next generation. And so uh, I call it turn off your microwave because a lot of times in this society, we've got, we've grown accustomed to, um, 
the everything we want everything to happen when we want it to happen we want everything right to happen. right and so we we live in this microwave society where we don't think that uh, a lot of times uh you have to have a long-term plan and so we call it turn off the microwave because this is mm -hmm. long-term unplug your microwave rather uh, uh, <laughs> unplug your microwave where you know think about long-term strategy so my final question to you is this uh, on a long-term level what do you hope this book a plea to our sons from a mother who cares encouraging words for a young black men what do you hope this book accomplishes as far as a legacy and also long-term wise what can we do as people in our community uh to continue to motivate young black men? What can we do? Well, one thing I feel and I hope that this book will reach the hands of million peoples. And I'm hoping that as they read, they will understand that each person and they too was created for a purpose. And when you're created for a purpose, that purpose will come up and that desire in your heart to do something, whatever it is, it will come. And you are the one that is responsible for setting the goals and planning to achieve that. And I also would like for each young black man to know that they are loved by the mothers, our mothers, the ones that's walking right beside me. We have paved the way for this world, not just this generation, but the world. The African uh, woman is a seed of is a seed bearer for this whole world. So I want them to know that they can trust us to love them and to support them throughout their journey, throughout their journey. And I also uh, would like to see that as they travel this journey, that our older men will come forth and be the role models. Some like in my book, be the role models for this generation. And that's what it's going to take. It's going to take us to work together all on one accord for the benefit and for the survival of our men. And that's what I want to, I want it to be known that they are worthy of being here i appreciate that understanding your self-worth and that is so important and so um i appreciate your time today uh before we before we sign off uh you have to tell us where we can find this book for all the listeners and uh any contact information and any announcements that you have please share them with us Okay, you can't, uh, my book is available on Amazon and it's also available on uh, Book Baby, Book Baby. And um, that link will be, uh, you said you were posted, right? That yeah. link will be there and I don't have it right now to read it, but it is through Book Baby. And the, and my, also you can come to my email, my email is on the Alice F. Taylor. Uh, Alice F. Taylor, if you go on Alice F. Taylor, you can pick it up. Not Alice Taylor, but Alice F. Taylor, you can pick up my uh, Facebook. 
I mean my Facebook, my Facebook page, and it is a link that you can get on to get my book. I got you, and we'll definitely post that for every all the listeners on the episode. Uh, we are, we thank you for sharing uh, your story with us. We have to share our stories and our personal experiences to control that narrative. Uh, we are Black history, and so you know we have to continue the, tr the African tradition of the griots by passing down our stories to one another, so that we inspire the next generation and we uplift them. You you uh, you mentioned that you were the first registered nurse in the Arkansas National Guard and the Oklahoma National Guard, and so we know that this book will inspire um, we will inspire young Black men to accomplish some of those milestones that you've been able to accomplish too in your life too as well. I appreciate you and uh, thank you for uh, coming to the folding chair with us today. We're powered by the Arkansas Public Policy Panel. All right, and uh, we'll just say peace. Okay, I thank you very much for having me on Cyrus. Bye-bye.